chains though You got a phone Pick it up, call me How come we don't even talk no more And you don't even call no more We don't barely keep in touch at all And I don't even feel the same love When we hug no more And I heard it through the grapevine We even beefing now After all the years we've been down Ain't no way no how This bullshit can't be true We family and a damn thing changed the Kaufman, it is no holds barred, today's program we are bringing the heat, we are bringing the fire, on the program today we've got AFL action, what the heck's going on down at Carlton Town, Brendan Bolton out, who's up next, we've got NBA action, NBA finals, we're tied at 1-1, the Warriors are banged up. And Kawhi Leonard is running out of gas. What to expect moving forward? We've got French Open action. Roger Federer puts in a performance for the ages last night. He's got Nadal next. What to expect for the remaining of the event? And we've got Champions League action. Liverpool Football Club back on top in Europe. 2-0 over Tottenham. What a performance from Jurgen Klopp's men. This is no holds barred. It was my dream at first to be on, spitting the verse on my own album with a deal, but shit got worse. So I came out, I would've killed the nigga first before I let him disrespect me or check me over some worse. Some bitch that I wasn't with, I would hit it and quit. But you would bring a talk with her and tell her she was the shit. I told you I'm getting hard, but if you were smoking a car, would have come in. And here we are. Great to be on the airwaves on this Wednesday. We've got a lot to unpack on today's show. Episode 50, I believe this is episode 50 50 of the sports podcast here at No Holds Barred. And a huge show today. We've got plenty of action, as we mentioned there in the intro. I'm going to start with some, some AFL action. We've got a new segment that is coming up called the Colf Face. So be aware of the Colf Face. Plenty of heat in that one there. And we're going to be talking about uh, somebody we've spoken about on this show before who continues to underperform. He's going to he's going to get a whack in the Colf Face. And we're going to talk about Liverpool and their Champions League result back on top in Europe. Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp. The super manager from Germany is transformed this club in the space of a few short seasons, and they are as powerful as ever. Dominant season from Liverpool, and they are just getting started. We're going to talk some French Open, of course. Roger Federer, what a performance last night from Roger against Stanley Varinka. Talk about some incredible tennis. The ball balls were zinging around last night. Fast conditions over there in Paris, and that was as good as any tennis you will see. Roger playing his first clay court event for almost three years. Just amazing, really, into the semifinals. People taking this guy for granted. They need to pay attention here because he's not going to play forever, and there's going to be a huge void left when that man retires. Uh, incredible performance last night. Uh, and we're going to talk some NBA finals action Warriors and 
Raptors tied 1-1. Guys dropping like flies. This is a last man standing affair. And the Warriors held on for dear life there. Will Clay Thompson play game three tomorrow? Or will he miss? I think he'll miss. I think they're a bit sheepish on on the injury. I think it's more of a... They said a, a, a hamstring... A tightness in the hamstring looked like a, a... The way he was hobbling around, that looked like a strain. Um... Clay Thompson, very doubtful for that next game, no doubt. He was hobbling around like he, uh, he'd, he'd not not done a hamstring, but it was at least a serious strain. Uh, I don't see him saddling up in, in the next game. So this series is alive. Kawhi Leonard just about running out of gas, though. He needs some, some help and support. Um, but it's going to be a cracking series nonetheless. But we're going to start with football and Carlton Football Club. They dropped the hammer on their coach, Brendan Bolton just there uh, yesterday, and this this was on the on the cards. The writing was on the wall. I said on the program that look over the next three or four weeks, if something didn't change and they didn't get a, at least a win or a couple of wins out of the next four weeks, he was gone. And look, the game on Sunday was diabolical. Not much of a spectacle. Two traditional rivals in Carlton and Eston, but there was just. It was just a lackluster game. It was hard to even watch. No ferocity, no intensity, uh, you know, no no urgency or desperation or big hits. And, you know, Carlton, uh, just just sporadic, uh, just with effort. Uh, you know, they looked, uh, they looked trouble, had just, just too defensive in their approach. And they need... Uh, you know, a pressure burster, and and it came with uh, with Bolton sacking, and look, you know they've got a talented list. It, it, they appear to have a talented list, but it's underperforming. They've lost some close games this uh, this season so far. Uh, things have improved, but look, the win loss ratio just uh, just not good enough for. Four wins out of the last 40 matches or some amazing stat. Um, but Paul Brennan Bolton, I think uh, I think this is a high-character guy. I, I think, uh, you know, look, I think he's a quality coach. Um, obviously, we don't know what goes on, what's said behind closed doors. But look, the way he goes about it, I think, uh, you know, he, he, he's fantastic. But, you know, heads, uh, heads have got a role. And unfortunately, Brennan Bolton, he's out the door. I think this is going to be... Uh, he's not going to be the only one there. I think uh, I think the board is in real trouble. Uh, fans are hurting. Uh, they're seething. David Parkin and Mark McClure have come out uh, on radio and um, you know have said some things that um, I think there's I think there's going to be changes. Now I don't think there's going to be changes within the list. I think the list is going to continue uh, to remain, but definitely uh, behind closed doors uh, in terms of. Um, you know the board members in the football department. I think there is going to be some changes, and this is going to take place over the next uh, for the rest of this season. I think um, I think more heads will roll, and I think that's got to be the case. The guys that are making the decisions in the organisation, they were the ones that um, that backed Brendan Bolton. The messaging was uh, a few weeks ago that. The plan hadn't changed that Bolton was going to be the coach of Carlton Football Club for the remainder of the season. And then the president's come out and done a complete backflip and talked about, you know, the win-loss record just doesn't stack up. Well, you can't come out 
two, three weeks ago and talk about Bolton's the man for the job. He's going to be the the man to see out the rest of the season and then come out and do a backflip on that and sack your coach. And it confuses fans, it confuses members, and it confuses everybody that's associated with uh, Carlton Football Club. It confuses the players as well. So, look, it looks looks bad either way. I thought the press conference went as well as one one could go. Uh, Bolton handled himself with class, uh, integrity, high high character, and I think he will get a another AFL job. You know, probably in an assistance role uh, or, or something along those lines. He's, um, you know, I think uh, I hope he stays in football, and I'm sure he'll get another opportunity uh, somewhere down the track when he is ready. But um, you know, Bolton out, and uh, the interim uh, coach role is going to go to uh, David Teague, been involved in the system uh, for quite a while. He's got the rest of the, the season to get something out of this playing group and, and get something out of the season. Uh, I don't think he'll be offered the position uh, full-time. I think Carlton have got to go and find a... A coach. They've got to get one of the big boys out there. They've got to get uh, one of the real heavy hitters uh, who has experience and massive runs on the board um, and plenty of fruit on the tree. I'm talking to guys along the caliber of, of Paul Ruse, um, you know, Alistair Clarkson. You've got to ask the question. You've got to go straight to the big boys. Uh, Ross Lyon has been, uh, been rumoured to be one as well. Um, Stephen Silvani was in a, a, a cafe in Ligon Street with Ross Lyon there just yesterday. Uh, just a, uh, a little casual catch-up. I'm sure the conversation it, it, it definitely would have come up. Michael Voss is another one that uh, has been uh, has been reported. But you got to go out and get one of the big boys, and you got to uh, you got to put the money up. It's really as simple as that. Um, this list is ready to be moulded. This list is um, set up for the next you know five to seven years, and they just need a coach to come in that. Can, can put it together. Now, Paul Ruse was uh, quoted as saying that he's not interested in, uh, you know, the the head coaching role, but he did hint at uh, a possible development role or a, uh, a consulting development assistant kind of role. Now, Carlton need to look at all this right across the board um, in terms of um, in terms of getting their guy. But in saying that, I think, uh, I think members of the board are in real trouble. I think Chris Judd... Uh, has been really under the pump for uh, for the last twelve months. Uh, there's been reports that you know he uh, he only likes the the role or the, or the or the title, and you know he's not a grinder. He, he doesn't want to put the put the work in or, or, or grind it out. And um, I think Carlton need a grinder. They need a football director that's in the trenches that um, is not afraid to get his hands dirty. And um, look, I think um, there's been too many outside influences at Carlton that uh, that, that want to have opinions or or want to want to make decisions, and they're not they're not in the trenches. You need to get guys in the trenches. You need to get grinders. You need to you need to really uh, really have some guys that that uh, want to put in the time and put in the work. And I don't think Carlton have got that um, right now. It's really as simple as that.
and uh, and it's a it's a, it's a real problem. And uh, you know, Bolton uh, Bolton out, and you know the Carlton Eston game from the weekend. Uh, as I said, no ferocity, no intensity, uh, no uh, no urgency whatsoever. And it was only uh, it was only a matter of time before uh, look Bolton was. Um, was told to go. Carlton need to move forward. They need to move forward quick, but they need to be methodical with their selection on who they who they bring in. Needs to be one of the big boys. It's really as simple as that. And uh, expect to see uh, changes uh, at board level as well. Uh, there's going to be a complete review of the of the football department, and so there should be the people making the decisions. You know, did they get it wrong? You know what? Uh, you know. Hard to hard to say, really. I don't think the coach is the problem. I think it uh, it stems up stems deeper than that. It stems with those above him making the decisions. You need you you need guys that really can get the job done, make good decisions, show great leadership. There is no leadership at Carlton whatsoever. The culture is an absolute mess, and uh, I talk about entitled mentality quite a lot on this show. I think Carlton has still got this entitlement mentality. That they, uh, you know, it's just going to happen for them. It's not going to happen. The competition is far too strong, far too tough. Um, this is a professional business. You need game changes at all levels, from you know, from uh, the CEO, the president. You need leaders. You need uh, through the coaching, through the playing group. It it uh, it stems from the from the top down, and it's been rotten at Carlton for quite some time. And they need to hit that on the head, head, make some changes, bring some guys in that uh, are not going to tolerate any nonsense and uh, have the best interests of the club uh, at, at their heart. I think uh, there's too many guys there that are in it for themselves, not in it for the club. Bolton uh, showed class, showed character and said that this is in the best interests of Carlton Football Club. I said... A little while ago, that Bolton may have should have taken the the uh, the Brad Scott uh, model and just went to the club and said, "Look, I think it's probably best if we have a mutual, uh, you know, parting of the ways, so to speak." Uh, and that's how it come across with uh, with Brad Scott, whether he was fired or he wasn't. Uh, it looked like it was a mutual agreement, uh, but now Bolton, he. Uh, for, for whatever goes on from here on out for Bolton and Carlton Football Club, he'll just be another coach that um, that got sacked. And, uh, you know, where to from here for Bolton, only time will tell. But, you know, Brad Scott's another one there uh, that I said was uh, is definitely one that uh, Carlton will, uh, will look to to, to bring on board. They'll definitely have a conversation with him. And in this day and age, in this microwave mentality, don't be surprised if uh, if an appointment is made uh, very soon with Brad Scott. You need to keep your eyes on that. Um, but uh, Carlton, really got to get it together um, because uh, it's just simply not good enough. Lack of professionalism, lack of direction, lack of focus, lack of leadership, and the people have had enough. This is Jade Cole for the Colf Man. This is No Holds Barred. So, I mean, Carlton, the football club's got to get it right. Like, and enough is enough. 
This has been going on for for 20 years. This, uh, I mean, it's beyond embarrassing. They've got to turn it around. They need to find the right guy. We've got to go all guns blazing, get a Ruse, get a Clarkson, get one of the heavy hitters, for crying out loud. In saying that, we're going to talk about a game from uh, from last weekend that, well, look, we're not going to spend too too much time on it, but the St Kilda and Port Adelaide, well, they've been calling it the China experiment. Now, I'm not really much into experimentation. I'm more into, let's get the job done. Let's, uh, is this a solid idea? Can it be, can it be executed? And it's about getting results. And this China experiment, what the AFL want to call it, whatever they want to call it, um, is not working. Simple as that. And St Kilda Football Club, this is it's just it was just a disastrous weekend for the St Kilda organisation. Who it's been reported that they've been offered five hundred thousand dollars to give up their home game to instead of playing it in Melbourne, playing it in China. So five hundred thousand dollars to the club to play it in China and they're really being forced to do this because well the the club's going backwards they they are financially strapped in huge debt and they are keen to continue to play uh, in China because of the $500,000 now not only that Six players, upwards of six players, were struck down with uh, with an illness. Call it food poisoning. Call it whatever you whatever you wish. Um, they tried to put uh, a bit of a lid on it and say, "Oh, it could have happened uh, anywhere. It could have happened in Melbourne, in Australia." Bottom line is, they've gone over there. They've eaten some dodgy food, and a quarter of their squad, their playing squad, have pulled up crook, pulled up sick, and they've had to fly over for reinforcements. So. An absolute disaster before they've even hit the hit the uh, hit, hit the hit the track, uh, even played the game, and not only that, their captain uh, Jared Geary, who had a uh, serious injury there uh, about six or seven weeks ago, where he had uh, compartment syndrome uh, with that uh, quad area, he took a knock to the quad, was in surgery, uh, almost lost the leg. Um, instead of uh, taking that weekend off and coming back, having next week and coming back. He put his hand up to play and in a, well, how do you describe it? In a, he's running through the middle of the ground and goes to deliver the footy into the forward line, kicks his own leg under a bit of pressure and he's now got a, a break in, uh, in the bottom of his leg. So a broken leg out for the season. I mean, this absolute... And not to mention St Kilda get blasted by 70 points by Port Adelaide. An absolute disaster for the club in every way you want to look at it. I guess the only thing you can really look at, the only positive is they, they get the 500000 for playing in China. But more pressure on uh, on coach Alan Richardson, uh, captain out for the year. 
six players struck down with food poisoning because they've eaten some dodgy noodles or, or whatever it is that um, they were eating over there. And uh, they get absolutely blasted by 70 points as well. Um, it could not have gone any worse for St Kilda Football Club. And, uh, you know, this is another club that... Uh, continue to struggle I think at least with Carlton financially uh, off the uh, off the field off the pitch uh, going very very well one of the big power clubs in Melbourne but St Kilda um, who seem to be going better they've got more wins and wins on the board than the Blues but you know having to play over in China to give up home games you get blasted by over 10 goals you get blasted by 12 goals your captain breaks your leg a quarter of your team struck down absolute disaster for St Kilda Football Club and they uh, pressure is going to continue to mount on coach Alan Richardson and but they really need to take a look at this uh, China experiment or whatever it is that they want to call it it's uh, there's lucky to be uh, I reckon there's lucky to be 2,000 people there they inflate the numbers talking about oh it was a good crowd um, it was recept, you know, had a good reception over there. Nobody gives a stuff over there in China. Uh, what is going on? Um, you know, they really couldn't care less. And the AFL uh, are taking the public for a ride if they think that uh, the the public uh, are up are up and about and think that it's a that it's a success. It's not a success. It's a joke. And every year it rolls around. It's absolutely laughable. The AFL need to. Uh, really get serious with this. Uh, I believe it's got another couple of years over there, uh, whatever contract that uh, that has been uh, organised or signed. But it is laughable. St Kilda could not have come out of it any worse over the weekend. Uh, I'm sure they're really looking to move on quickly and need to bounce back quick. Otherwise, there's going to be huge pressure on coach Alan Richardson uh, as the remainder of this season uh, moves forward and uh, Port Adelaide are going well right now they are they are one of the uh, one of the form teams they uh, have lacked a bit of consistency but they were just far too good for St Kilda over the uh, over the weekend and they seem to be uh, moving in a completely opposite direction uh, both on the field and off the field Port Adelaide going well St Kilda uh, absolutely embarrassing weekend for them couldn't have gone any worse and uh, they need to turn it around quickly. I don't know how they do that. Uh, I see worse things coming for St Kilda uh, moving forward. But the whole Chinese experiment, it is an embarrassing experiment. And we will leave it at that. Coming up next, a new segment. We've got a new segment here on No Holds Barred. It is called The Colf Face. Yes, it's called The Colf Face. And... Let me just say that nobody is safe when it comes to the cold face, and we've got one of our good friends uh, up on the very first cold face here on No Holds Barred. We'll bring it to you after the break. This is No Holds Barred. So the whole China thing, it's just, it's not working. There was lucky to be 2,000 people there watching the game. China, the people couldn't give a stuff. Do they even, you know, uh, uh, you're better off playing this game over in the States. Play it over in Los Angeles or or New York City. 
Uh, it'll be a lot, uh, a lot better spectacle. Uh, promote the game over there. You've got a, you've got a player in Mason, Mason Cox, who's from the United States, who plays. He's been a bit of an impact player. China, got to get rid of it. Um, played in the US. Um, in saying that, we're on to our segment, a new segment here on the show, and it's called The Coal Face. Now, how did this come about? You're probably thinking, how, how did this come about? Well, we've had some fans, had some listeners uh, get in touch with us here at No Holds Barred, and they said, what about this? Um, name a segment called The Coal Face. Yeah, I didn't create that name. They have created that name, and uh, we want to hear you uh, go to town on on an issue or a topic that uh, that you see fit, and uh, we're going to do that. And the topic this week: Adelaide Football Club and Melbourne played up in Darwin on the uh, on the weekend. Adelaide got the win by two points. Some uh, embarrassing finishing and kicking from Melbourne Football Club. Their season is over. What a complete waste of a season from them. Uh, one of the uh, the big movers and shakers from last year. They have come crashing down, but. Adelaide got the win, and what uh, the focus with Adelaide's uh, late win there took a bit of uh, the focus off our good friend Tex Walker, who has been under the pump, and rightly so. And Tex, again on the weekend, uh, another mediocre performance from him. I said on the show there last week that he was probably averaging around about 10 touches a week. Some of the listeners called in and said, well, he's been averaging 12 touches on the year. Um, 10 touches, 12 touches. What difference does it make? You're having no impact whatsoever. But 10 touches right on cue. Taxi Walker, six kicks, four handballs and five marks in another average, another average performance from uh, Walker. And... Uh, he is copying it on the coal face. When is enough enough? And when do Adelaide have the courage and uh, to drop him back to the sandful and send a message? Because uh, they got away with the win on the weekend, but it was all due to Melbourne's inaccurate kicking and had nothing to do with uh, really anything else up there in Darwin. But Tex Walker, look, surely... Uh, there's a game over the next couple of weeks where he's going to do better than 10 touches. You know, maybe there's going to be a game where he kicks four or five and, you know, takes 10 grabs, 10, 11, 12 grabs. Yeah, has 10 plus kicks. And, uh, I mean, it has to be around the corner. I mean, how many games, average games, can you play in a row uh, without uh, getting your hands on the footy? So, yep, our good friend Texie Walker. He, uh, he is the first one to cop it on the coal face. Another 10 touches, hardly impacting at all. Um, put him back to the sandful. Get, uh, get some touches back there. Work your way up, Tex. But knowing uh, Adelaide Football Club, they will keep him in the team because uh, they haven't got the courage to, to make the call. Coming up next, we are talking the NBA Finals. Everything's tied up at 1-1. We've got Game 3 coming up. Uh, it's a last man standing affair. More of that after the break. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. This is No Holds Barred. Yeah, Tex Walker. 
sure it was no surprise that Tex got the first cold face action, first segment. Thought it went well. We'll have to continue that. All right, we're going to segue on to the NBA Finals. The series tied 1-1. Warriors and Raptors with Game 3 coming at you today. And... The Raptors have got to win this game, surely. The Warriors are well and truly banged up. Clay Thompson, uh, he's, he's a game-time decision. I can't see him uh, getting the nod on that. That was a, well, they're calling it a bit of a, uh, a hamstring twinge. It looked like a serious strain to me. I'll be very surprised if he plays. Kevin Durant is out. We know that. Uh, the Raptors missed the golden chance last game to get the job done, go up 2-0, but this one here, uh, I think the Raptors um, get this one here. Leonard looked like he was running out of gas in the last series, but look, uh, the Warriors, uh, they're, just, they're just banged up. You know, Iguodala still not at 100%. I know he's been out there on the floor, but he's had his injury problems as well as Iguodala. He's not; uh, he's in the, the twilight of his career. So some real challenges for the Warriors. As I said, Thompson, look, he definitely won't play, and I think that's going to be too much for this Warriors team to overcome here. I expect the Raptors to take a, a 2-1 series lead. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, he was... Uh, he was uh, very solid there the other night, but he, um, look, he's not reliable and he's not fit. He, he missed a good six, seven weeks leading into these playoffs. He's only just come back. He can hardly get up and down the floor. He's, he's not in game shape. And, and if you've got to rely on Cousins to uh, to get your buckets when you need them uh, in the pressure cooker of the NBA Finals, then that's not, that doesn't sit too well with me. Um, you, need, uh, you need Curry and you need Thompson out there uh, these guys have got it done time and time again. And Kevin Durant will have to wait. I think uh, we may see him towards the back end of this series. And the Warriors may be forced to really include him into the uh, into the lineup. Uh, if they go 2-1 down, uh, they've got to head back to Toronto. Uh, another one in Golden State. So two in a row in Golden State. Um, so we could head back to Toronto at 2-2. And, uh, well, they're very, very uh, interesting NBA finals. I think the Warriors line up at full strength against the Raptors. I would, I would expect a, a six-game series, 4-2 to the Warriors, but all kinds of different narratives going on now, uh, including Drake on the sideline talking absolute smack uh, to the Warriors. He keeps it interesting, does, does Drake. And... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be very very uh, interesting to see how this pans out. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and uh, and the Raptors, they have uh, they have a, they really have a well balanced outfit. They've got Leonard there out and out star, but with Marcus Gasol, um, you know Danny Green, some championship experience there. Siakam is one who's who's come along nicely. They probably didn't expect that, but he's uh, he's long and athletic and lean. And, and, and is making buckets and and Fred Van Fleet making uh, making outside jump shots. Kyle Lowry. Uh, look, the Raptors have got a lot to like about them. And this game tonight, they go up 2-1. Uh, 
then it is absolutely well and truly series on. These Warriors being challenged like they never have uh, before. And uh, you need to tune in and check it out. It is uh, must-see for NBA Hoops fans. And uh, expect Toronto to win this one comfortably tonight and to take a 2-1 series lead. NBA Finals Action will bring it to you and break it down uh, on the next episode of No Holds Barred. Coming up next, we're going to talk about a little bit of world football, a little bit of soccer action, Liverpool and Tottenham, Champions League. Liverpool back on top, Champions of Europe. Jurgen Klopp, the super manager, what has he done to create the culture and get Liverpool back to where they belong? This is Jade Kolf at the Kolf Man. This is No Holds Barred. Yeah, that Thompson hamstring, that was a nasty one. The Warriors are being very sheepish about how serious that one was. He's He definitely won't play in this next game. That's a big, big loss. They weren't, uh, they weren't uh, expecting that. That has put a real spanner in the works for the Warriors. Liverpool Football Club. Champions League action from the weekend, and it was Liverpool and Tottenham. We don't talk about uh, soccer much on the program, but this one has to be brought up. The Champions League final, the two best teams so far this year in the competition, Liverpool and Tottenham, were in Madrid, and going into this one, Liverpool were the red-hot favourites. They finished second in the Premier League to Manchester City on 97 points. Man City on 98, but Liverpool, after their miraculous comeback performance against Barcelona in the semi-final, coming down from three goals down and scoring four and keeping a clean sheet at Anfield to to explode into the final, and uh, Tottenham got through the final in uh, amazing circumstances as well in their semi-final, but this one in Madrid was a little bit of a, a no contest. Uh, it started out with... Uh, a penalty within the first minute where Mane tried to whip the ball in uh, into the box. And I don't know what what was that, what was the defender Sokoko doing? He stuck his arm up and the ball struck his arm. Instant penalty. Liverpool found themselves 1-0 up. And once they got in front, uh, they're, uh, they're world-class. And I'm talking absolutely world-class uh Defense and, and backline there, they're back four, but they've got uh, Virgil van Virgil van Dijk back there and uh, Alison Becker in goals, and they have been absolutely Im- impenetrable uh, so far this year. And once they were one nil up, as I said, very tough to peg them back, but uh, it was a little bit of a stalemate from there. Tottenham had some chances, uh, but Becker in goals was absolutely uh, phenomenal. He thought it every single, uh, every single time Tottenham came forward, and then it was in the uh, in the eighty seventh minute where Divock Origi blasted a ball bottom corner, beautiful left foot strike off a off a corner kick. The ball dropped to his feet, and he absolutely picked his spot and it flew into the bottom corner like a laser beam, and Liverpool 
went up 2-0 and they were well on the way to their sixth Champions League trophy, uh, their Euro- sixth European Championship, and the trophy was coming back to Anfield. And it fully deserved. Uh, they are back on top. Uh, Liverpool back on top of Europe, and it doesn't look like slowing down anytime soon. Jurgen Klopp, uh, the German manager, is created an amazing, uh, an amazing squad. But uh, Liverpool's always been known for their culture, but they have had their struggles over the last, uh, you know, probably fifteen to twenty years. The the club not back, n- not on top like they like they like they like, and, and how they used to be in the seventies and eighties. Manchester United. Uh, had, had a lot of success with their manager, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. It just goes to show you, really just goes to show you how important uh, the coaching or the, the managerial position is uh, in these kinds of games, but more so uh, in in world uh, world football or world soccer than, than most. I mean, it's important in all, in all areas, I guess, but you take a look at uh, since... Getting the manager right, bringing up, bringing on Klopp here has been an absolute marvel. And as I said, this Liverpool team, uh, as dominant as they uh, as they are, I think this is just the start of many more trophies to come. And and Jurgen Klopp has just uh, transformed uh, transformed this uh, this organisation around. Um, they were close before; they were knocking on the door, but they have just kicked the door down and and. And barreled straight through that uh, straight through that wall, and he's created uh, culture. He's created mateship. They all love him. They want to play for him. Uh, the spirit and the emotion was at times this season has been absolutely incredible. And Liverpool well and truly deserve their standing back uh, as the champions of Europe. And I think it's uh, over the next five years. If you are a Liverpool supporter. Uh, you will uh, you'll be very very excited at the prospect of winning more trophies and uh, well done to Liverpool over the weekend. It was a memorable memorable uh, win and well done to Jordan Henderson, the captain of Liverpool Football Club. He's had his doubters and he's had his uh, he's had uh, yeah he's taken a lot of shots over the uh, over the years since joining Liverpool and a lot of pressure on on him as captain. And uh, he uh, nothing wasn't more more deserved than uh, for Jordan Henderson to lead that club to the promised land over the weekend. Young, uh, young Anfield boy, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's a star. This kid is 20, 21 years of age. Uh, lived two minutes from uh, two minutes from uh, from the ground at Anfield growing up, and uh, local boy. Uh, does well, wins uh, wins the Champions League medal. It was just a special, special weekend uh, if you're a Liverpool fan. And uh, well done to those guys. Coming up next, we are talking French Open. We have got the big boys in town. Federer, Nadal, Novak Djokovic and Dominic Team. That's going to be your semi-final lineup on the men's side. We're going to wrap up the show this is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. You're listening to No Holds Barred. Yeah, Liverpool. What a culture they have. Tremendous. 
unity from that team. Leadership. Mateship. It's great stuff. Great stuff. Anyway, plenty of tennis action going on over in Paris. The French Open. Things are starting to get to the business end. We're into the just about the final weekend of the two-week event. And Ashley Barty is through to the semi-finals. The Australian... Uh, the Australian girl, the Aussie sensation, and things have opened up for her. Simona Halep crashing out of the French Open to the young 17-year-old American in the semi-final. So young Ashley has a tremendous opportunity to win her first major championship. I've said for a little while this has been this has been building for a while. No doubt winning the title in Miami, Miami 1000 event there. And you, know, you take a look at Ash's game. She's a great all-court player, real thinker out there. That's the that's the separator. She's not just bash and crash. Her style's not just thump the ball and and uh, you know dominate off the ground. It's she's a real thinker and moves the ball around. A beautiful slice backhand and a beautiful all-court game. She's a pleasure pleasure to watch and um, is a real chance to take out uh, her first French Open title. Um, we'll keep you posted on that uh, on this program and on the men's side what a match I saw there the other night uh, from the studio Federer and Stanley Varinka. if you missed that match that was one of the best matches you are likely to see in 2019 both guys absolutely crushing ground strokes from the back of the court and Federer was in some trouble he was he was holding on for dear life was uh, was the great man at at uh, he was uh, one set apiece. He was down four three, uh, a service break, and then broke right back. Stanley got a little bit tight, played a well, basically played a, a horrendous, horrendous service game, handing the uh, the break back to Federer for four all. And at that stage, there at five all, Federer had break points against on serve uh, two or three break points. So. He was on the cusp there. He really had to dig deep. And considering this guy has not played a clay court event, ATP event since 2015, and to find himself in the semifinals where he takes on Rafa Nadal is is truly amazing. And people really need to stop taking this guy for granted because when he walks away from the sport, uh, he will leave a, uh, a massive, massive void uh, for tennis fans out there. Uh, the win over Varinka. Now, Varinka was just bludgeoning balls from the back of the court. So, Roger, that's what I say, really one of his best victories um, that I think I've just about ever seen uh, to get that job done in four sets. And it was uh, it was absolutely high-quality tennis. It definitely goes up a gear. Roger's first four rounds, uh, but got through pretty comfortably straight sets. But this one was definitely... Uh, at least two levels up in class, playing the three-time uh, Grand Slam champion, Varinka, and both guys left it all out there. Uh, 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 a brilliant match, a brilliant match. Nadal crushed Nishikori, straight sets. I think it was uh, 6-1, 6-3, 6-1, or something like 6-1, 6-1, 6-3. Just absolute, uh, absolutely blasted the, the Japanese star off the court. Nishikori's got a real problem in the, at these majors. He... By the time he reaches this stage, he's absolute cannon fodder uh, for the uh, for the heavy hitters. He had a couple of five setters coming in to his semi-final with Nadal, and 
if you're not 100 uh, percent taking on the Dal on center court there in Paris, then you are. It is absolutely slaughter time, and uh, he absolutely ate Nishikori up and moved on uh, very very quickly. Uh, so that Federer Nadal matchup really should be a beauty. The forecast says that the weather is going to be uh, somewhat uh, somewhat cold. It's not going to be warm. They've had plenty of rain in Paris over the last 48 hours, which is going to play into the hands of Nadal. Uh, Federer wants it uh, wants the temperature above, you know, 24, 25 degrees. So play is slick. So the balls are moving uh, fast out there. Uh, but if that's not the case, then uh, I think the Swiss maestro is going to be in uh, in a lot of trouble in that one there. Uh, but it's going to be interesting nonetheless. Nadal will start uh, heavy favourite in those conditions on his most uh, most favourite court where he's the uh, where he's had the most success. But that one uh, that one that semi final is uh, a promoter's dream. And in the other semi-final, we're going to have Novak Djokovic and Dominic Team. Both these guys uh, last night, dominant performances. Novak uh, found himself in uh, some hot water early. 5-4, big Alex Verev was serving for the set. Um, but from that point on, was only able to muster four games for the rest of the match. Novak uh, put the afterburners on, showed his class and got through 7-5, 6-2, 6-2. 2 uh, in the other one, uh, it was Dominic Team over the Russian, Karen Kachanov. So the four big guns on uh, a, a sort of promoter's dream, Federer and Nadal and Novak Djokovic and Dominic Team, And it is all set up uh, for the final weekend uh, in in Paris. And yeah, I think uh, you'd expect a, a Nadal and Novak Djokovic final for that one there. But um, Dominic Team, he's had some big wins uh, against the very best players in the world on the big, biggest stages. And if he is going to have success at a major, it's going to be on the dirt. Um, this may be his time. But those four guys, they are mouth-watering matchups uh, for tennis fans out there. And they will continue to, to bring it to you uh, on, uh, on no holds barred. What to expect for these finals? Well, as I said... Federer is going to have to come out blazing. He's going to have to go all out attack and leave nothing out there. He doesn't want to be in uh, in baseline rallies uh, with Nadal. Nadal, he'll uh, he'll go straight to the well. He'll look to pound uh, pound Federer the Federer backhand with uh, with his forehand, getting the ball up high, uh, up over the shoulder of Federer. Uh, and Roger's going to look to run around and crush forehands as often as possible. Now, as I said before, uh, the temperature and how warm it is there in Paris will uh, will either help or hinder Federer. The hotter it is, uh, the more balls are going to fly through the air, which uh, which will help Federer's attacking game. But if it's if it's moist out there, if there's any kind of humidity or, or there, it's it's heavy conditions, then uh, Nadal is just about unbeatable. It's just as simple as that. And for the other semi-final. You know, Novak and Dominic team. This one will be an absolute war. Uh, team has the firepower to get the job done. Just depends on his mental state. And Novak yet to drop a set here uh, at the French Open. And just in absolutely superior and ominous form. Uh, I give the uh, give the edge to Novak in that one there. Really just built on his 15 major championships and his big match experience. 
and once he reaches this stage of uh, this stage of an event, uh, he is very very tough to take out. Is the pesky Serbian? So, um, you know, team will be looking to crush balls, rip backhands, rip forehands, every opportunity that he gets. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be great uh, great entertainment. That's for sure. That one, uh, those two matches should be uh, should be a beauty. Be a lot of fun. After the break, we're going to wrap up the show here at No Holds Barred. It's been an absolute beauty. We'll see you after the break. So Federer, Nadal, Novak and Dominic team. Marketers dream that. Let's hope the conditions can get up above 25 degrees so so Roger's got a puncher's chance in that one there he needs it fast he needs it slick otherwise he's in trouble we don't want any blowouts no blowouts allowed well what a show it's been episode 50 is in the books plenty of AFL action French Open will continue over the weekend we'll bring it to you and we will keep you up to date on the Golden State Warriors Toronto Raptors series. The Warriors dropping like flies. That series is going to continue to keep uh, keep us posted. It's going to be very, very interesting. And we'll bring it to you. We've got a full book of AFL games this weekend as well. So um, enjoy your sports over the weekend. Hit us up on all our social media channels. You can find me, Jade Colf, on Facebook or at uh, Colf Sports Tennis, Colf Media on Facebook, uh, or Colfman on Instagram. Um, Don't be afraid to hit us up. We love the interaction. We will see you on the next episode. Jade Colf at the Colfman. This is No Holds Barred. Tell you the truth, don't hate the game or the player, the one that's changing the truth. Hot, we don't even talk about it.